Hey everybody, so glad you're with us again. It is now September, we are on episode one of our new series. This is gonna be a series on the Enneagram. And if you're new to us, my name is John Lemons and I'm the minister to young adults here at First Baptist Church in Huntsville, Alabama. I am joined by Sam Maxwell. He is the ministry resident to young adults. And I'm joined by Scott Day and Allie Day. Scott is our missions minister. Allie is his wife. And they are here to talk to us this week about, or actually this month about the Enneagram. And so we're so excited to have them. Scott and Allie, I'm assuming this is like your first podcast ever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. First official podcast ever. Wow, this Congratulations. Is Welcome. It's our sixth. deserve a medal. It's our sixth. <laughs> wow. And I understand we may get a special appearance from your uh, your cat at some point. Yes. Very possible. Yeah. More, <laughs> more than likely, it might not be an appearance. It might be like a technological destruction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, welcome. I saw something on Twitter uh, yesterday, I think, where a guy said, just checking in, is there anybody that hasn't started a podcast uh, yet? And so we, we, we get to cross our names off that list. So that was actually, did you guys have like a COVID list when, when all this started where you were like, all right, we're going to have all this time and we're going to do this, that, and the other thing top of the list would have been not get COVID and Scott happened to do that. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. yes. I feel list. like I both got into and out of shape and sort of back into it within COVID as well. It's yeah. been a long time. Some fluctuation, lots of time. baking, no baking, lots more baking. Things yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I'm a list maker and I make lists just to have things not to cross off. Cause I never, I never get them done, but like actually start a podcast was on mine. And I was like, well, I guess we can do that. I mean, it only took like five months to get it started. So, but there we are. So, well, glad to have you guys on. Um, this will be a really fun one. Um, so let's talk about the Enneagram as we're, as we're there. So tell us a little bit about it for, for those who are listening. There may be people who, like me, until like a year ago, who'd heard of this thing, but I was like, I, I don't know what that is. Like, give me my good old Myers-Briggs or whatever. So what is the Enneagram? Where did it come from? Why is it a hot topic all of a sudden? Tell us all about that. So the Enneagram is a personality assessment tool, kind of similar to what you mentioned, Myers-Briggs and StrengthsFinder and Disk Profile, kind of all of those in one. So uh, Enneagram comes from the Greek Ennea meaning nine and Gramma meaning to write something down. So it's a there are nine different personality types in the Enneagram. Uh, it's you know similar to all of those other personality types. Uh, for us, it has given us new and better language that we didn't have before. So, you know, nothing against those other personality testing tools. We've just found, at least me personally, I found the Enneagram to uh, give me new and better language that I didn't have before. Um, something that I would point out is that Scott said tool and not test. A lot of people think uh. that the Enneagram is just a test that you can take. Um I actually would encourage you not to take that test while you're learning about the Enneagram. I think it's more helpful to hear all of the numbers um, and listen to them without trying to just find out what you are. I think it's better to to discover for yourself rather than just be told a number. Um, So tool is a great word there. And yeah. Well, you know, it's going to be, no, it's going to be a little bit different from the other ones too, because it's going to have movement. It's a more dynamic test, right? So in Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ and that's what I am. And that's going to really talk about my characteristics. So the Enneagram is trying to move into the motivations or what are those things that are causing you to do these actions. And then for each type, you're going to have traits of other types and you can have movement into a more healthy atmosphere of that number and a less healthy atmosphere of that number too. So so that's beneficial for me is that it's not so static like Myers-Briggs. 
So just to clarify, when Scott talks about movement, he's not talking about moving from number to number. He's talking about movement within your number. So you're not moving between personality types. You're the same one all the time. Um, but it can look different depending on your circumstance or the people that are around you or things like that. And we will talk about those changes too. That's one of the hard things I find about like other tests, like, like a Myers-Briggs or whatever, because you'll get this question and it'll be like, well, I mean, it depends on the scenario, right? It depends on the situation. Um, so it seems like there's a little bit more allowance for fluidity, I guess, maybe. Is that a good word? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that's yeah. his nail on the head. Cool. So you mentioned, Scott, that the, the name Enneagram is Greek. So it was the Enneagram kind of created by the Greeks or just taken and run with by the Greeks or kind of, is there any sort of interplay there? I, 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 gosh, I don't know. Um, you know, it said when you, when you read some, um, Enneagram texts, they'll talk about how they find their history all the way back to the patristic fathers in the fourth century, um, with them starting to discover different personality types and how those, um, have relations within the Christian faith. You know, the Enneagram really didn't get popular, uh, until the sixties with a South Africa or South American guy named Chasgo. Um, and so that's kind of more of its history. It's really gained popularity probably just in the last 10 or 15 years, especially with more evangelical churches. So uh, I don't think it has any Greek leaning, but having a Greek name does make it sound much more professional. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, t like, how'd you all get involved with, with it or, you know, kind of get your uh, familiarity with it or, or you know, uh, leading others through, you know, discovering more about themselves through using the Enneagram? Yeah. Um, so my brother first discovered it within my family and then my mom and then my sister and then me. Um, but Baylor, where we both went to school for undergrad, they did a yearly, um, know your number workshop with Suzanne Stabile. I think potentially Richard Rohr came at one point in time, but I know Suzanne Stabile was there and it was a two night thing that was like four and a half hours long each night. And they went through each number for an hour. Um, and I've gone to that workshop and then multiple other workshops. Suzanne Stabile is a pretty big name in the Enneagram, and she does a lot of ministry in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I've gone up and done workshops with her, and then also just some personal studying of my own just to invest more of my time in knowing myself better knowing other people better as well. How I came into it, like like many other people, you know, I heard Allie talking about it and had no idea what she was talking about, and uh, all the, the language didn't really make sense. So... So Did you I tell the truth about what happened. Go for it. <laughs> it would so make it would I make really for a like good the show. Enneagram. <laughs> and something that I really love about the Enneagram is that it gives you a lot of really good language to describe yourself to other people or explain yourself to other people. And so when Scott and I were first talking or hanging out, I wanted <laughs> to explain myself better to him so he would know me better. And I used a lot of the Enneagram language. I also thought it'd be helpful if he knew the Enneagram so that we could kind of talk about that and I could learn better about him via the Enneagram. Um, he was very opposed to it at first. Oh, 100%. Um, which is how most things go when I introduce them to him. And then yes. later he finds them and he's like, I found this. And it's like, I told you about that like three months ago. That is 100% true. Um, so, yes. So then eventually he came around and he was like, oh, people are doing this, not just Allie. So then he started doing it too. Yeah. So Allie was my first introduction. And then uh, when I started Truett, we have these community groups and so our community group was focused around the Enneagram so that's really the first time I really got in depth into it and said okay this actually makes sense this gives me some new language and new insights not only into Allie but into myself so yeah 100% stole it from Allie after I first <laughs> made fun of her for it nice so that's how a marriage works
Well, you talked about, Ali, you talked about, (laughs) (laughs) Ali, you talked about how uh, it gave you language to explain kind of where you were coming from. Mm -hmm. But I've also heard you talk about um, ways not to use the Enneagram and uh, ways uh, like, for instance, don't use it kind of as an excuse. Um, Don't use it as a way to label other people. So talk to us a little bit more about that as as we kind of intro what this is and what what we're going to be doing. What are some sort of warnings for people uh, as, as they begin exploring this on, on ways not to use this tool? Yeah, so I think the Enneagram at its worst becomes a party game. Um, people will say cocktail talk, things like that, where people are just using it to kind of say, like, oh, I think you're this number or mm-hmm. I think you're this number. Um, or like there's a lot of funny memes about different numbers. And like that's very fun to laugh at, but that's not really the purpose of the Enneagram. And I think kind of distorts its purpose. Um, especially with other people, if they don't know what the Enneagram is, talking about it in front of someone who doesn't know what that is, um, it has a lot of insider-outsider language. So saying, I'm a three and he's a four or whatever, people aren't going to know what you're talking about. So I think the Enneagram gives you really helpful language to explain yourself without even needing to use the numbers for people who don't know what you're talking about. Um, But for those that do, it's a helpful tool to use. Um, I think it's very unwise to label other people using this tool. Um, the Enneagram is supposed to not put people in a box, but talk about the box that they're already in. And I think that it can create a very negative atmosphere around the Enneagram when you're typing people, um, talking maybe about the negative effects of their number, things like that. But it's really meant to be a self-discovery tool. Like I said, taking the test kind of steals away from that, but labeling someone else also steals away from that too. Awesome. Scott, anything to add? Or Sam? Yeah. That was great. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you know, I'll oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it comes down, these are good tools for life, right? Mm-hmm. About not stereotyping and putting people in a box. Um, I think it's really important to not make the Enneagram more than what it is. And I think some individuals have done that really poorly where this becomes the end all be all and mm-hmm. to, you know, be a new hipster Christian is to know the Enneagram really well. And uh, I think it's really important that Ali refers to it as a tool because that's what it is. And some tools are going to work really well for some people like us. And for some people, this isn't going to work well at all. And some other personality typing or some other spiritual formation element is going to be their bread and butter. So I would also add that the Enneagram, its purpose is personal transformation. And so information is not the same thing as transformation. Mm. So if you're using the Enneagram as a tool just to gain knowledge and just to gain information and say, I know all these things about the Enneagram, that's really not what it's for. It's for you to use um, for personal transformation and then also to learn how to better extend grace to other people. That's awesome. It's it's really interesting, um, kind of some of the things that you were saying while I was doing some reading in preparation, that um, there have been... As you mentioned, I think, Scott, you mentioned it, that there have been a lot of different tools for a long time. Um, and Hipp- Hippocrates, I think that's how you pronounce it, or that's where you get the Hippocratic Oath from, um, kind of defined human personalities or motivations for personalities down into four humors. Uh, basically, based on how much of what color of fluid you had in your body was a predictor for how you would live or how you would um, make your way through life. And it was just, it seemed really confining. Um, and at least how you talk about Enneagram, it's less of like a predictor and more of a, like, let's figure out what causes you or what makes you lean in a particular direction based on your environment around you rather than a predictor for action. Yeah, that's, that's really important. You know, the Enneagram, like we mentioned, is um, going to be showing you your motivations behind your actions. So I, 
also at its worst, people can use it as an excuse for their behavior, right? So right. if I'm being really vain, I can just say, well, it's just me being a three. And that will make more sense when we explain threes. But, you know, the Enneagram is not an excuse for behavior, but hopefully it will give you some more insight into why you were doing that. And then you can have a little bit more work on yourself. I mean, that's that's the end goal, but. So a quote that I love from Susan Subiel says, you can't change how you see, just what you do with how you see. Mm. And so the Enneagram helps you kind of have some self-awareness for how right. you're seeing the world, perceiving situations, perceiving other people, and take a moment to non-judgmentally see that in yourself and then reevaluate how you might respond or or how you are maybe responding to something. And then you can say, I'm doing this because I am this way. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful for you to know that and for other people to know that too. Right. So. Yeah, it helps. So it helps you understand why you tend to react in certain ways in certain situations, not as an excuse, but as a way to maybe identify it and then be able to work on it because you can't, you know, if you have a leak in your house, you can't fix your leak unless you know where, where the leak's coming from, I guess. So sort of. What I love too, I love that this is titled Know Thyself because, right, we're putting onus on if we know ourselves better. Yeah. Um, we're going to innately be able to find more spiritual disciplines, formational elements that are going to fit us. And hopefully, we're going to be uncovering something of the image of God within us. Right. So these two things of knowing ourselves and knowing our God and knowing God are intricately intertwined. Yeah. It, and this it, is a tool to do that, right? So this is why absolutely. we love it. Yeah. The the, the know thyself quote actually comes from Socrates. So so this idea of just getting in tune with sort of the uh, the inner parts of you, the the mind, you know, the soul, the heart of who you are, is an idea that goes all the way back to. Um, the earliest days of philosophy also um, goes back to the earliest days of the church. There are plenty of church fathers. I, I talked about this last week that have quotes where they say something to the effect of, you know, the more you understand yourself and know yourself, the more you can understand and know God and, and who he is and how he built you. Um, so I think it is helpful in that way. I, so before we go there, um, it is controversial. Uh, so what, tell us why that is, and is it like satanic or whatever? Because that's kind of like the thing you, you hear is sure. that like anytime you really get into, I think, psychology, it tends to um, scare some people, and, and particularly the field of personality and things like that. Um, so, so why is it not a danger or a threat uh, there, or where does that come from? Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, the first thing that you're going to pull up when you go to Google Images is this picture that looks like a pentagram, right? So. <laughs> I've never seen this before. I, of course, am going to be turned off. I think it's our natural human reaction to demonize things that we don't understand. Yeah. And people that we don't understand. All right. So my first reaction, if there's someone, um, gosh, who's on the street asking for money, my first reaction is probably not going to be to extend them grace and to see myself in their position. It's probably going to be cast them out. And we'll so, figure out why that is. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, maybe not your first reaction, your human reaction. Your... Speak for yourself, maybe maybe yeah. cut that out. No, we're, no, we're all that way. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's so easy to demonize things that, that don't fit our perfect bubbles. And um, yeah, the, any, any personality tool, you know, isn't based uh, out of a scripture book. You know, it's, it's not based off of, there's not a certain theological text says that you need to look at the Enneagram. It's a holy endeavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully we're using something in society that can better train and work into our faith. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that, that's how I look at it. No, it's not satanic. It's really e- easy to demonize things that we don't understand and we don't like. Um, yeah. 
And the yeah. thing is, you know, it's a tool. It's a tool. Myers-Briggs is a tool. It, you know, it's not satanic. It doesn't have this underbelly that we're going to go, you know, sacrifice something after we talk about your number. You can. I mean, I'm not going to be a part of it, but. <laughs> well, and yeah. also to say, you know, if you want to go and look up things and try to find the evils within them, you probably can Google search and find something along those lines. And, you know, the Enneagram isn't for everybody. Um, we're not trying to say that this is gospel, but it's just something that we found helpful for ourselves. And so, you know, some people don't like it and that's totally okay. But it is not something that I think is satanic or anything like that. I think that it's very biblical um, if you're using it as a tool to guide you to be more of who God created you to be. Um, there's a lot about it that can lead you back to God, not away from him. So Our goal, too, is when we start talking about individual numbers, like we, we're going to intentionally give some type of spiritual element towards mm -hmm. this. So what if, if, if I'm a personality type number one, what is some type of biblical passage or topic or spiritual um, element, some formational element that is going to be beneficial for this personality type? So we're going to try to be intentional when we're talking and teaching this to make this as overtly um, Christian as we can. Yeah. Well, and I think um, I'll share an article that I read in, in our show notes of a a pastor in North Carolina uh, who was talking about the Enneagram and he's, he said, it's a, it's a great tool. Yes. Um, people can take anything and use it, uh, you know, in, in ways that aren't beneficial or ways that aren't good. That doesn't mean the thing in and of itself is not beneficial or good. And I think the idea of, you know, um, obviously there's a long tradition of, of meditative practices, um, a long tradition of uh, really, you know, getting away from distraction and thing like things like that in the church. Um, St. Ignatius, I think, was the first one to either even really start the idea of, of having uh, regular retreats where you can get away and, and focus on things. And I think this is sort of a branch of that. Any, anytime where you, you dive into uh, psychology or, or just kind of what makes us the way that we are, I think is sort of a branch of that. And, and it goes back to, like I said, a long line all the way back to the, the church fathers. And I think that's something we as Christians can do that is beneficial to us. I don't think it should be threatening, even if it is mysterious. And, um, you know, the way I look at psychology, uh, it, it can certainly be helpful. I'm a big proponent of, you know, counseling services. We talked last week about ways to do that here in Huntsville and, you know, places to go. I'm on the board at the Vine. I think we all, um, the more we can get in touch with ourselves and our, our motivations and, and things that are so intrinsic that we may not miss unless we do that, that deep digging, I think the more helpful it makes us um, and the more uh, helpful it is to our relationship with God. I, I equate it a lot of times like, um, like to weather, you know, I mean, at some point in time, we went from everybody thinking weather happened the way it did because of God or because of the gods to understanding that there's a science behind it. And, that doesn't mean that God's not behind it. God's behind science, right? So uh, that doesn't that doesn't make you know the study of weather evil. It just means like, oh, we understand a little bit more about this, and we can understand, and maybe even now begin to predict things or or see when things develop. And I think psychology is sort of a a, a similar, or personality tools are a similar um, kind of aspect of that where we use them and it, it, yes, they're mysterious, but it doesn't mean that God's not a part of that process or God's not behind that process, but we can use those um, in order to understand things better and understand ourselves better and make predictions or understand patterns and things like that. So I, that's the way I look at it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, I think no, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. you're right. I'm just going to say, I think no matter what 
area of science or exploration you get into, right, there, there are going to be places where people want to kind of transcend their borders of their study. And so I think there is the possibility for that. But as thinking beings, right, God gave us the ability to think through things. And so we could say like, hey, maybe this isn't edifying to God, but maybe these things are still edifying to God, right? Uh, you know, kind of your the example you gave, John, like there was once upon a time that people thought, well, God, Earth is at the center of the universe because God made us the center of the universe. And somehow, you know, if the sun was now the center of the universe, was God not still edified? Like, you know, or the solar system, not the universe. Um, you know, like science is still helpful to help you understand something. It doesn't take away from God, but maybe it just helps you better understand God's creation. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was Thomas Copernicus said that, um, you know, doing science is just thinking God's thoughts after him. Um, so as a tool, right, it's almost like, oh, let's let's better understand God's creation and how we can interact with one another and understand one another better to live in harmony together. Mm -hmm. I think also for Christians, something about the Enneagram that might be bothersome is that it's very focused on discovering yourself. And I think that for some people that feels very egocentric mm -hmm. or like you're putting yourself on a pedestal. But I will say that something I think about the Enneagram is that when you do start to discover your number, it is one of the most, um, what am I going to say? It brings a lot of humility. <laughs> mm. It is not like we're saying, I am so great because of this, 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 and this. That's what my number is. It's actually a lot of the negative parts of your number. Um, and those are things that are hard to hear sometimes, but are things that we need to hear. Mm. And so I think that there's a big part of the Enneagram that you miss out on if you think that it's just this um, personality test where you're going to focus on yourself and you know, not these other things, but a lot of it is um, going to bring a lot of humility for you. So, yeah. Well, and that's a good point too, because I'll, you know, it makes me think if I talk with, um, you know, couples that are, you know, seeking <laughs> your cat is chiming in. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. She I, has no, a lot of totally thoughts fun. on this topic. Totally um, she totally agrees. I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk with couples that are, you know, seeking marriage counseling or whatever. And, and so I go through a, 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 this program with them. But one of the things I tell them, because a part of it is a personality profile and um, almost, I would say more than 50% of the time they will say like, or they will worry, like, are we in, incompatible or whatever? Everybody always worries about that when they do like some sort of personality profile or tool. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them like, there's no, there's really no such thing as, as incompatible types. It's, it's really what makes you inco incompatible is not understanding yourself and not understanding your motivations and not understanding your partner's motivations and, and kind of who they are intrinsically. And so I think the more you can dive into that, anybody can be compatible, compatible as, um, as long as you, uh, you understand like why you are the way you are and understand sort of what your flaws are. Um, and hopefully find a way to be a little bit more humble about it so that, you know, you understand your shortcomings or you understand the way you come across. Um, and that way it, it allows you uh, to relate better, to communicate better, all those, all those sorts of things. Ideally, um, no, we're all works in progress on that, I'm sure. But uh, one thing I, I do, um, I think I was, as well, I think you mentioned this before, or I've heard you mention it before. There's no real di direct correlation. So it's not like um, everybody who, I'm an INFJ or P, it depends on the day, but it's not like all INFJs are Enneagram number or whatever. Um, and so that's, I think that's a clear distinction we, sh we should make, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm an INTJ as well. And Scott, you said you're an INTJ, but we are yep. two completely different numbers in the Enneagram. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So, so that's it. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I had, no, 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 go ahead. There are, probably, there are probably correlations, and I'm sure that if you wouldn't look, like, there are tendencies for this, I, like, this uh, Myers-Briggs type to be this Enneagram number 
but it's not it's not like they're the same because they're rooted in different things so like like they were saying sam and scott have the same myers-briggs and they might look similar doing something or might have similar behaviors at work or whatever but their motivation behind those things might be different and so it's i think it's just a lot um deeper of a exploration for your personality rather than just like these yeah. are things that i do and so this is who i am yeah yeah well um as we um let's get back into what we were talking a few minutes ago we were talking a little bit about understanding ourselves and growth and 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 using that for spiritual growth so let's talk a little bit more about that um how have you guys seen this work towards that end or how has it worked for you in that sense and understanding one another or understanding um how you relate to god better like as we complete this, what, uh, or as we go through this together, what should we be telling people to look out for or, or uh, what should their ambition be when, when they get um, to the end of this uh, time together? I think one, if this is your first time with the Enneagram, is simply to find out which of the nine personalities that you are. Like that's the starting place. And then once you understand your number, I think then it's doing the dirty work of uncovering all of the the ugly sides of it that we want to hide. So we'll talk each week about three different numbers. So we'll break it up into triads. Uh, one of the number is going to externalize something. One is going to internalize and one's going to avoid it. So this will make a lot more sense when we talk about threes, but my number is a three and I'm in the feeling triad. So one of these numbers is going to externalize their feelings. One number, which is Allie's number, is going to internalize their feelings, so they're going to feel their own instead of feeling others. And my number is going to avoid feelings, or they don't have the capacity to adequately talk about their feelings. So for me, it gives me a groundwork that I can give myself grace, that I'm not just a twisted, heartless person, but this is actually something that I need to work on to be better at. And hopefully it's going to give me empathy and grace to Allie as well, to understand that hey, we're not the same personality. And so we're also not entirely different. We like to call our, each other polar complements. So we see ourselves being able to work in harmony once we've done some of our own personal work. So, yeah. I think it's funny that you brought up incompatibility because uh, if you're looking at the Enneagram and thinking of numbers that might be incompatible, you would find our numbers. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, because I am all feelings all of the time. That's how I... I sense the world is through my feelings. And so I talk about feelings. I want to know what you're feeling. I want to know all the feelings. I have lots of feelings, all of those things. And Scott's like, feelings? No. Like, <laughs> Use it in a sentence, please. Let's back away from the feelings. And so had I not known the Enneagram or had we not learned this together, that would be really difficult for us to talk about or give grace to. Um, but now that we know this and can talk about it with each other, it's really helpful for me to know, like, he is not heartless. He does not have feelings. Oh, thank you. Um, that's something that I, it's really important not to take someone's n number and throw it at them. Mm. So it's really important for me not to say, well, like you're a three, so like, you would understand because you don't have feelings. Like that's a really inappropriate use of the Enneagram, but it's helpful for me to know that he can only talk about feelings for so much time because that's not the same place that I'm in that he, or that he's in that I'm in. Um, so that's something that's, I think really helpful about the Enneagram. Something else too, you know, when you're first learning it, yes, you need to find your number. But the Enneagram first for you is going to bring up self-awareness. So not everyone's a super introspective person. And sometimes it's really helpful to all of a sudden realize like, hey, that's me. I do all of those things. And the more that you start to read about yourself, the more you'll start to uh, be aware of it in your life. When you do 
need space from feelings and then you kind of know why it allows you to give your, yourself grace for that um and then also as you continue learning and maybe having friends who know the enneagram um or you know i said don't type other people but that means don't type them out loud to them sometimes you <laughs> might know what someone else's number is and it's helpful to know like you know i don't have a great relationship with this person and our personalities are really different but it allows me to know like where you're coming from and I can give grace to that because I can understand where you're coming from, even though it's a very different place than what I'm coming from. I think that's really important. Like, so the first thing is that it's given us language. So, you know, Allie, when she comes home, she wants to share about her day and how the emotional range has affected her. And so I want to fix things. So if she has a problem, you know, my first sentence to her is, do you want me to feel it or to fix it? And so it's given us new language that's been really helpful. But I think, too, you know, trying to tie it back into spiritual development. So my numbers are three. Threes are known as the achievers. Like, they love to work. They're, they're workaholics until they get to the point where they're so burnt out that they just totally check out. So, like, today was a super crazy day. And when I come home, I just want to be on my back patio by myself. And I want nothing to do with anyone else. So I just kind of in a, in a vegetable state. So, so instead of letting that hurt my feelings because... I want us to be like, oh, we're going to hang out when I go to work. Like, we're going to be friends because it's what we do because we're married. Um, I don't have to have <laughs> hurt feelings that he wants to be alone because it's not about me at all. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is just about him and how he's processing his day. Right. Well, and two, just for me personally, it makes me acutely aware that, stre- that stress and rest and Sabbath have to be in, like, really important for my spirituality. Right. Because if I work really hard all week long to the point where I'm burnt out and I don't have an adequate Friday or Saturday to have a Sabbath, then I'm not going to be a good minister on Sunday. I'm not going to be able to have the capacity to connect to someone else. Right. So just the simple action of knowing my triggers and being able to say, I'm kind of getting, I need to look at my schedule at the beginning of the week so I'm not pushing myself that when Thursday I'm so burnt out that I can't give Allie or anyone else any energy. That's not fair to her or to me. So something else as you go deeper into that Enneagram because there are layers and layers and layers of the Enneagram. This is something that I've been studying for six years, and there is so much that I don't know. So there's just a lot that you can learn about the Enneagram. But one of the things that we'll get into more as we get into the numbers is that each number has arrows, and they go in directions. We talked about movement. One of those movements is between stress and security. And Mm -hmm. so there's parts of other numbers that you go to, um, either in a stressful circumstance or a stressful life stage, um, or when you're feeling really secure. Um, and so something that I think is helpful is that those numbers um, are good for you because you can't take care of yourself without that number that you go to in stress. It brings a component of self-care that you don't possess all the time. And then um, <laughs> the other number is what allows you to experience holistic healing and become more of who you're supposed to be. So there are things about the Enneagram that you, they call it the work of the Enneagram. This isn't just a thing that you read, but it's a tool that you use to, hello, Juniper, um, that you use to better yourself and to give yourself grace in those moments um, and then to work harder at being a more holistic version of who you are. Because like we said before, the Enneagram is not a crutch. It's not so that I can say, this is my number. This is just how I am. Deal with it. You know, you're going to stay your number and you're going to see the world how you see the world and that's not changing but you can change your behavior. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna change your motivation, but you can change your behavior. And so there's a lot of things that you can do 
once you've learned the Enneagram. It's not just knowledge, it's transformation. I, I, for myself, kind of talking about giving yourself grace just as a little piece, and I can talk more about my personality when we get to it, but just the freedom, I think, that came along with it, just thinking for a long time, like, what is wrong with me? Why do I do these things? Like, is there, am I broken? Um, is there something that's just not right with me? Was I scarred as a child because I didn't have enough Play-Doh or something that makes me this way? Um, and the reality is, no, that's just that's just the way like my personality functions, and that's just the way I am. And it's not that it's in itself bad, but it's just something that I have to be more intentional to work through or be mindful of when I start becoming concerned or stressed or whatever else. This is a great uh, discussion and I think a great place to close. Plus, uh, my cat is in the room with me and I think about this dog going crazy too. So <laughs> we're doing this at night all from home. So if you're listening, um, so that's where the cats are coming from. They're not running around at the office. <laughs> um, uh, I know, Ali, you've talked about, um, or I think you, you both did when I heard you talking about this before. Um, your recommendation for people is to really hear kind of what all nine of the types are about and then I've heard you say before, it's just kind of obvious which one you are. So you, you don't really need a, a test or it might be like, oh, there's one or two that you resonate with. Um, and then you really encourage people to explore that further. Am I right? So, yeah, I definitely think that it's helpful to, even if you think, you know, your number coming into this, but you don't know a lot about the Enneagram, I would just say, set that aside, set it aside and listen to all of the numbers and really hear them all for what they are. Um, but yes, for most people, not for everybody, you're going to kind of feel exposed when you hear your number. Um, I was not listening to a podcast or watching a video. I was in a room full of people and I felt like there was a spotlight on my chair because all of a sudden it was like, this is my inner being that everyone's hearing about. And so it can feel really exposing. And like I said, kind of, um, humiliating at times, but it's bringing out some of those hard things to see in yourself, um, and then giving you grace to work with those things. Um, so yeah, I think it's helpful to set aside numbers or not to take a test, but then just to listen to all of them. And if you don't feel like you heard your number, maybe continue your exploration of all of them by reading a book. Um, or if you think maybe between two, you can take a test. The only reason that I really don't encourage that is it's not really self-discovery and also you can miss type. Mm -hmm. So I said this at our Enneagram class, whenever that was before COVID, <laughs> that, um, a lot of women in the South will test as twos because culturally, that is what is expected of them. And so there's a lot of personality traits about twos that are Southern women stereotypes. And so people will mistype because that's what they were raised to do. So sometimes when you're answering those questions, just because you do it doesn't mean that's your motivation for doing it. And it can be really hard to separate those things. So I think listening fully to each number, and we might even give a little blurb at some point in time of what all the numbers are. Um, and I still would say, don't jump with one or two of them because you might surprise yourself in what you end up being. That's awesome. Well, I'm looking so forward to uh, the next three weeks of this. And um, just again, just to, to clarify, we're going to do um, three, three numbers each week. They're called triads. We'll get into more about what that is about, but so excited to be doing this with you guys and really thankful of you to be taking your time to do this uh, with us. And um, as we close, I just want to tell everybody, thanks for listening. Um, go ahead. If you're on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We actually have eight now, like two weeks ago, we had two and, uh, and we, we discovered it wasn't any of us. And then I went and gave us a five-star review. I don't know if Sam did. So, but anyway, we're up to eight. So three and a half. Yeah, I didn't. That seems a little self-serving. Nice. Well, somebody <laughs> is out there, out there doing it. So, 
seems very Enneagram three, just to say that. <laughs> didn't you guys? Didn't you guys get kicked out of some European country? Okay, so, sorry, right? Mark. So yes, we did. A, we did a song. We were putting a song. We, we should close this with a song from Scott, by the way, because our last one we, we closed with a song from Charlie. But so yeah, it. That's that's a little uneven. Just saying. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, so all right, so two interesting facts here. Um, one, it recognized one of the songs that Melody YouTube did, and so it restricted it. And when I went and checked it, it said restricted in some territories. And I was like, well, where is it restricted? Because I was thinking in Huntsville, right? And it was like in Denmark. And I was, I was like, so <laughs> okay. Who, and who then, in Denmark is listening to this? But then I looked at our analytics for our podcast, and because it shows me just you know where it's where it's being downloaded, like what countries or states or whatever. We have one download on our podcast in Sweden, which is a neighboring country of Denmark. So I think somebody like crossed the border and downloaded our show. Back. So um, it's it's pretty pretty wild. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening, for supporting the show, and, and uh, you know talking about it, sharing it, that kind of thing. Do you want to tell you? Check the show notes. We always have, we'll have resources in there. And as we go on, I'll ask for resources from Scott and Allie, and, and um, we'll share those in their books or other podcasts to listen to about the Enneagram, that kind of thing. Uh, also want to remind you, if you're in Huntsville, um, we're with First Baptist Church. So go to fbchsb.org slash youngadults. We just came out with a new uh, email this this week with everything that we've got coming up for the month. We'd love you to check that out. And of course, we're on all the major social channels, Facebook, Instagram, now iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. So check us out on all those places and uh, look forward to uh, being with you guys again next week. Thanks everybody for tuning in. See you then. See you.